0: Welcome to Shanghai John, a raw and lively regular debate about China tech, advertising, creativity, platforms, and the intersection of it all. Join us each session for timely and relevant discussions on all things China marketing. We'll be joined by an entire spectrum of China experts. You can learn more about Shanghai John on our website at johnstation.com. That's z h a n station.com. Coming to you directly from the city of Shanghai, I'm Bryce Whitwam, And I'm Ali Kazmi. And in today's episode, Ali, we have Annie Su. She is a full-time marketing executive and part-time foodie. Most of her career has been with advertising agencies, spent some of the prime time of it at a little-known company called Ogilvy. You've also been published uh, two books about food. We're going to definitely talk about food. We have food on the table here because after five minutes into this podcast, I'm going to start eating, and I'm already hungry just, just preparing for it. She's also a friend and has been in China for a really long time, both Beijing and Shanghai, right? And we remind everyone, if you like this show and like our previous shows, Give us a five star review on your favorite platform. I feel like a DD driver here. Apple podcasts or Spotify both have places to leave those five star reviews. And starting last week, actually, if you donate five US dollars, that's only $5 to support our show on Patreon, you can receive some really cool stuff. Five bucks gets you a branded sticker, and $10 a month, you get a branded coffee mug, and we have given our first branded coffee mug to Annie. So cool gear, and also you're supporting the show. Tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been in China, and tell us about your love of advertising and food. Are they connected, advertising and food? Let's talk about advertising first. I think you're a um, planner, right?
1: Yeah, I was I was a planner when I my first job, um, I was a researcher, because by then, there's no such job called planner, right? So it's all about research. I think the reason I, I started as a planner slash a researcher because I really love to observe in people and how they talk and what they say and what do they like and what's their behavior, right? So I I just found it's quite interesting, like someone pay you for chatting with people and write a reports and that. So I just fall in love with this My job right so I started a planner but then I decided to switch to as a suit because I just feel like I want to understand more because when you are a planner uh, back then it was 20 years ago when the advertising industry still in the in the very beginning stage I just feel like I I want to know what's my plan end up with right so I just write plan but I don't know how it's going to sell to the clients or how it's going to activate this. I want to see the whole process. I want to have more influence. So that's why I decided to change my role as a suit. And then I joined Ogilvy, and there was 20 years ago. Amazing. And I moved from Taipei to Beijing to Shanghai, where I'm in right now. So it's, it's an interesting journey.
2: How long have you been in China?
1: Since... Two oh oh seven, so that's how many years. I'm very bad at math. That's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you started in Beijing. That was your first stop, right? Yes. Okay, and then and then moved to Shanghai. Yeah. Do you ever think about going back to Taiwan?
1: Well, I do, but I think right now it's I am settling here. I have friends, and I love the the work I'm doing right now. So maybe I'm, I'm also get used to the excitement and the pace in China. So I'll still stick around for a while, I guess.
0: Since you started 2007, because I remember that I was in Beijing in 2007 yeah. as well. I was also at Ogilvy in 2007. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ogilvy Action. Obviously, the, the business has transformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much has it transformed since, since you got here, especially re- in relationship to the, the role of the agency?
1: Well, a lot has been transformed. Um, I think back then, agency, there are a lot of opportunity in the market right? because the a- advertising agency are still in the booming stage back then, right? So we did a lot of branding and uh, strategy and more consultant of the client's business. and But it was quite rough because... The client back then, they are still not very sophisticated, right? So they and then a lot of them they are still very new to branding campaign, etc. So you just have to spend a lot of time work with them, and then I won't say educate because it sounds very arrogant, but I, ju- I would say you, you you need to spend a lot of time let the client know what is branding and what is campaign about. But at the same time, I think the client, they are all nicer, I would say, because they, they, they are eager to learn, right? But I think 20 years later, the market has been changed a lot. It's the competition, the type of agency, and the work we do, did also quite different, right? So you kind of have to, sometimes you have to compete with yourself. Also, you have to compete with the clients, like what do you want to build your value? And then there's a lot of challenge from them of the way we work or the work we do. So the dynamic is a bit different. It's more challenging.
0: And what would you say is the three big highlights of your advertising career? The three big ones, not four, just three.
1: Just three. I have too many highlights. I'm just joking. I think the first one is when I moved to Shanghai, right? So I was taking over a very big account by then i'm managing the account in the regional level and it's a global business so i'm, I'm leading the hub from shanghai uh managing 14 markets with a team has a lot of nation- different nationalities and it's a global business so imagine that i'm in a community that is full of men and also non-asians and i've, ne- I've never studied abroad outside Taiwan, never. So I have to learn, first I have to learn how to communicate with English, speak like a native, but also I'm dealing with a lot of extroverts from Americans, from Europe, from Latin Americans. And I'm an introvert, and also I'm a Taiwanese are introverts most most of them. So imagine I'm an introvert, female, non-native, English-speaking Person, I have to deal with the world. It's a bit challenging, but I think in the end, I, I quite enjoyed it and managed it.
0: We always trained our clients because my clients were Shanghainese and we had to train them, speak to their counterparts in in the UK in a way that they wouldn't offend them. Before, my client would literally just speak exactly what she thought about the global advertising to say it's, it's terrible or something that, you know, she would be very direct. Very direct. But we said no. You can't do it that way. You first have to pay a compliment and then cut them down. And she started to do that, and it was massively effective. Well, I can really see that the team has done a lot of work here, but <laughs> and then boom, she hit them hard, and it seemed to be more effective. So I always, you always kind of learn how to how to communicate with other nationalities yeah. in that experience, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, especially you dealing dealing with the men, a group of men who are very very extroverts. Uh, <laughs> I won't say I. I I'm, yeah, I think I'm going that's, to a, that's, offend a, that's you a feature
2: too. of. I think that's a feature <laughs> okay. of Ogilvy, and that's just a feature of advertising, right? Where you have to be very, very extroverted and very loud and and a little bit boisterous in order to get a word across.
1: So I think my second highlight is a business I work. Um, it's a massive, massive business, and it's not in Shanghai, so it's in Beijing. So I have to travel to Beijing a lot uh, because my clients and my team are there. And it's very, very complicated business. You have a lot of um, business units and you have a lot of team in different expertise. So it's just, I mean, away from home three or four days a week, it's challenging. And then while you landed, you have to immediately react to the whatever problem is through to you and have to fix it before you go get on the plan back home so I think it's a it, it's a competition with speed and with patience and I try not to let myself go crazy so but I think I managed number three number three is one of my clients I love in Shanghai I think it's a client that it gives a lot of creativity it's just, it's really a wonderful brand and then it pushed me how can we do better and better and better as a brand on creative works Right. So I think the previous two it teach me a lot of management and organization and PL, but I think the third ones really in, allow me the chance to enjoy the power of creativity. I just feel so happy when I talk to the client debate on the ideas but instead of how can we get more money, how can we get revenue growth, etc.
0: Which advertiser was that? Coke. Someone's Bi be my老师, right?
1: Yeah.
2: With every third person's my teacher. Yeah. So Annie, you know, you mentioned that you published. You published two books already uh, on the on the topic of food and travel. And we've also talked about advertising in your advertising past. To some extent, your advertising present as well. Is do you think there's a connection between advertising and food?
1: Oh, absolutely. David Ogilvy was a chef before he joined advertising right? So I think there's a lot of connection when you work at kitchen as the same as you work for a client on ideation and get the job done, right? It's just like you have to, first you have to plan properly. What are you going to cook? What are you going to serve? And then the entire process, you just have to manage it. It's a planning process and then you have to do it with a passion and creativity what ingredients you want. So I think it's very, very similar to work in the kitchen. It's very, very similar work in agency when you want to cook an idea. We use this word, right? Cook an idea. So to me, it's the same, very similar.
0: We also know that you've written two books on, on food. So obviously there's a bit of a connection. I also know that the fact that the books are related more towards your passion about being with people, not necessarily about food in itself is that a correct statement yeah
1: i i won't see myself as a chef right i think i am not a, a super chef compared with golden Renzi or of course the other professional cook but i just love talking about food and i i love the stories when people get together, exchange ideas over a meal. So I think that's my passion. So my first book, I wrote it when I, I mean, most of the inspirations start from when I when I was living in Beijing, because, you know, this is my first time I left home, right? So the only connection for you with your home is just food, right? So that was in Beijing. And then you feel quite lonely because you are in a strange place and you have friends. They are uh, with you, but they are not with you. You know what I mean? Like They are like not your, your hometown friend. So you just have to bring people together after work. So I start to cook because I have to feed myself. I have to learn how to... how to, I can not get the food I want. The only solution is to learn how to cook it. So then I start to cook and then I feel like mm, if I want to cook for myself, why not cook for my friends? So then one time, twice, third time, I mean, then it becomes like every two weeks people come to my house and then we cook together and then we share a meal together. But I think the fun part is for over the table, there's just a lot of stories and feelings and um, jokes that you talk around the food. So then I come up with the ideas. I really want to write down all these stories that cooking brought me. You have a lot of food. You have friends coming over and they want to talk to you about the relationship or the stress and work or the happiness, the, the new guys they just met, right? But you cannot just talk. So we have to cook something for that. So I think that's the start of the habits and richer that I want to cook my friends. And they told me their stories.
0: Do you think the conversations around food are different from a coffee shop conversation or a conversation we could have at a bar?
1: Of course, because food is a long process, so you have to talk for a long time, right? And I will invite them the process of cooking. So I cook, they just watch and then when they watch me doing this and that, they ask question, and we still chat, right? So it's it's actually an entire experience. From you decide what to cook, you ask I'll ask Ali, what do you want to eat this week? Oh, I want to eat uh, steak. Oh, what kind of steak? Why? And then you start to talk before the conversation start before you actually eat them. So I think it's it's a, a lot. Of, it's a process with a lot of emotions, and sometimes. I asked friend like, what do you want to eat? Oh, I want to eat lighter because this week I had a very bad time. So then I was ask why, and then the stories come out.
0: How do you spark the conversations that inspired your book? How did you get people to tell something interesting and not just some kind of mindless gossip that, that wouldn't really anyone would be interested in reading?
1: I think it's easy. Just feed them. And, <laughs> just- <laughs> and then you just cook them and then you just open the bottle of wine and then just it's non-stop talking Then i was just like can you just get out of my like doors? live
0: entertainment <laughs> yeah it's great i haven't read the book i confess tell us about the structure of it
1: there's no interview so everything it just happened naturally as a conversation i it did not have idea say oh i i want to read a book then i invite my my friends to my house to interview it's not it, it's just it just happened and a few years later i decided to write it down so my first book structure is called taste life deli you taste your life through food every day so the structure is i have different topic covered. sometimes it's about one of my friends he really wants to get a girl and we grew up together right so it's a funny story of how he want to get a girl and just want to cook a signature dish for her and he even no doesn't know how to cut the onions right so so i think that was a very interesting story and i just write it down with one of the recipe that i told him and the the other girl was my girlfriend was dating with someone that doesn't speak Chinese at all and she doesn't speak English. <laughs> so she always wanted want me to translate the message into English for, for her. Basically, I'm managing her relationship. So And there was a lot of funny conversation uh, while we're eating, right? So then I was like, okay, I'll have a recipe for this, but the story is more funny. So it's like 10 or it's actually 14 stories. It's about marriage is about friendship, it's about loneliness, or it's about pressure when you grow up, taking care of your parents' health, for example. Then every story, I have a dish around that story, and I have a very simple recipe. That there, there was my first book.
0: The second book that you wrote was about food and travel. I think I told the story before we got started. A good friend of ours, he's a chef uh, by trade, but he now is a consultant. And he told me that Western restaurants in Shanghai in 2021 increased 200 percent and the reason for that he believes uh, again not any evidence or research because he's a chef he's not a not a planner or a market research person he said it's because people yearn to travel they love the experience of eating when they're in a foreign country even though that they may not like what they eat but it's a part of the experience and as a result western food has increased so tell us about your second book about food and travel and about the experience and how are the two related
1: my second book actually came after my after my sabbatical leave i took a few months i actually took 5 months off in 2007 and there was after I worked for Ogilvy 15 years, my first time decided I, I need to take five months off. Till now, I still think it's the best decision for me. So, this five months, I just travel with one suitcase for different countries with myself because I just think that I need to get time off from, from my work and I just need to get some time with myself. So, I travel five months. And I think every time, in the very beginning, I just eat my, myself because I, I travel to a foreign country that I don't know a single friend there. So I just have to eat alone. And then when it's very interesting that when you eat alone and you don't spend time on your phone and you don't pretend to read a book... It actually you <laughs> it actually give you a lot of opportunity to see how people eat in the restaurant, right? So in my first few weeks, I I just feel like it's so interesting that you eat. What other people order and how do they eat and how the couple have a conversation? You just observe, right? But that four week, I I just feel very bored because I keep, I need to travel for another four months. I cannot just eat alone. So I just told myself I need to make a rule. So whatever restaurant I go, I sit in a table and whoever sits next to me, I need to talk to that person. Then I just start. So I, I literally talk to anyone that sits next to me. Very, very small things like, oh, uh, do you like your food? Should I order that? Or can you pass me uh, the paper? Or, or what is the Wi-Fi? I just try to start the conversation. And sometimes if I'm lucky, conversation goes. But most of the time, the conversation went very well because I just met a lot of interesting guys guys including men and women and families and couples and kids. We just share our stories in in a dining table. Sometimes they're also solo traveler. It's just amazing that you thought that the person sitting next to you having the same pumpkin salad with you have the same story with you but actually not. They have totally different story life experience with you but you just sitting there on the same day at the same time isn't it very amazing like two stranger, you meet each other at the same time on the same table why don't you want to talk to that person after i talk to them there's a lot of stories and a lot of thoughts that inspire me so i write them down so my second book is not about particular recipe but it's more on the cities i travel and the people i talk to what
0: what are the cities some of the examples of the places you went <laughs>
1: Italy so I I spent 2 weeks in Florence and and I went to Portugal, uh, Lisbon. Oh my god, I love Lisbon. There's, people are so amazing and the food are amazing. And then I also traveled to Amsterdam. Also in Germany I've been in Berlin in Pro, uh, in Berlin in Dusseldorf in Frankfurt. It's just amazing. And then back to Asia I was in Ubud in a yoga retreat and there's amazing vegan food there, and a lot of very interesting but weird people that come here for some some peace, right? So it's, it's amazing.
2: Can we get you to share one of the stories from any one of those trips?
1: So I was in Lisbon. I randomly spoke to a girl that sat next to me, and I realized she's a chef. And then we had a very good conversation and she invited me to her house next day. She says she can t- teach me some Portuguese cooking. So I went there and then she has amazing garden and she said, oh, she she's not a chef anymore. I said, why? You're such a good cook. And she said, oh, actually, I had a cancer. I said, wow. <laughs> so I'm going to share uh, an entire dinner with a person I just met and she had cancer. And I just don't know how I have to respond that but I think it's not about her cancer she's told me like you know you just have to enjoy the moment and she's people they are all very extroverts right <laughs> so they can talk a lot so she told me about how she deal with the stress and how she decided to live to the moment it's nothing about cancer it's about how you share food and then you realize life is so short then you just have to enjoy it and next day and she drove me to another place for amazing meal, so it just I I think it's one of the stories that I will memorize in my life I don't know if she's still alive or not because I don't I didn't contact her after that I hope she is but it's it's amazing time I had in Lisbon
2: so you've got amazing experience two books amazing experiences one on food one on travel stories Um, if you had to take that to the next level what would that next level be if it wasn't a book
1: I don't mind to be on Netflix, (laughs) but (laughs) there are a lot of amazing food documentaries on Netflix, right? I actually I try to have a WeChat account. I actually I do have a WeChat account about my food story and recipe, but I just feel it's it takes a lot of efforts to edit it, and also like you say, I I think people right now they just into very especially in China. People are just into short format when they are on on social media, right? So, and I decided to stop it because I I just think what I want to say is more than just say WeChat post. So if you want to ask me, I I think I I want to do documentaries and short episode on streaming platform because now then you can have a lot of images, stories and sound and actual people talking that would be nice.
0: I quite like Stanley Tucci's Italian show. And it, it's very cooking focused. But what if it was combining the stories and the travel and the food and it was all done in Chinese? In that sense, there's to be a huge potential audience for it. What do you think? Yeah. Are we up for it?
1: Yes, of course. <laughs> I think it's... um, And also food and travel and creative creativity. Right? Because I think creativity in the broader sense because you meet people that they have a very creative life or they have a very creative way of looking at things they also have creative way of cooking so I think it would be amazing I'm up for it is now, I, is anybody going to invite me for the show
2: we'll definitely uh we'll pitch it Annie obviously you're no longer in advertising you're still attached to the creative business food is a great passion of yours and yet here we are today at the WPP campus. Obviously, there's a number of advertising companies. There's a number of women that are still thinking about a business and a future in creativity. Why do you think that women should consider a career in advertising? Perhaps one way to get into that topic is to talk about you know, three things that you would tell yourself today, a younger self, on why to get into this business.
1: Creative business is the best anti-aging things, right? Being the a creative a person in the creative business no matter man or woman it makes you stay curious all the time so we actually we look younger we talk younger and then we actually behave younger that's how i see people especially when i no when i am not no longer in agency Right, so people people outside agency, they may have the old heart. So I just feel like join a creative business, it make you feel curious and young and fun all the time. I think it's the best way. I think it's the best way, best business to join. But as a woman, I think I would just tell myself the first thing is that just be proud of a woman in this business. Because I actually don't think woman needs to act like a man or or be equal to the man to to be successful. I I think woman and men are different fundamentally, right? So you just have to be proud of being a woman and be proud of all the skills and your personality that you were born and use it to to achieve what you want. But just not always look at oh I want to be the same as men in everything because we're different and we should deserve the same opportunity, but we're different. Just use your woman's skill.
0: I got a question with what you just said, which is very inspiring, Annie. I, I teach at NYU. I literally post job opportunities, internships for my, for my students. And I would say that 99% all want to go Jia Feng, No one wants yifeng, yifeng meaning agency, consulting business, jiafeng meaning the client. They all want to go into the client business. They've heard so many horror stories about agencies being a sweatshop, being a place where you go and you work 70, 80 hours a week. There's late nights. There's no sleep. It's stressful. And at the end of the day, it's not strategic like it used to be. What would you say to them to say, join an agency, think about joining an agency, don't join a client when you get out of school? What would be your recommendation to them?
1: I would still recommend that just join agency before they make another choice of joining the client side. Because I think eventually the client side, they are still a corporate that that runs more than, uh, the business more than just creative works, right? So you're, Thinking and your mind will not be pure. I think you're thinking that your thinking your, and your mindset will be a lot complicated than people start as a business in the creative agency side. So I think join the creative agency side first allow you to develop your pure enjoyment and your pure perception and judgment on creativity without any other things that interferes your judgment and there are a lot of fun and crazy people that work in agency so I think you should just meet them first and develop your enjoy your life and develop your crazy skills and drinks a lot or and and have fun but just regardless there's long working hours because you're so young and just go them and experience the life first
0: I, I worked in agencies only for like 20 plus years and people ask me like, why didn't you ever work for the client? And I say, because I don't want to eat the same flavor of ice cream every day. I could not imagine working in a company where I have to eat vanilla ice cream or I have to hear about the same brand and product every single day. I love the fact mm-hmm. that I work on different stuff and when I look back at my experience, I've worked in almost every imaginable category mm. at some point in time. Mm. Now, granted, the Jaffung, the, the client side people will say, well, you really didn't experience that you just were on the advertising, but I was given the opportunity to become an expert in their category for a very short time. Mm. And then the next day, I had to be an expert on something completely yeah. different. Do you think that, yeah. that has that lure of that?
1: Yes, definitely, because that's what I, I call it the develop your creative judgment right? Because you work with different clients and different you're solving different problems with creative ideas and then you, you you have this privilege to work with clients and industries and brands all over the world. So I think that's how you cultivate your creative skills rather than you just go to one fang before you go to fang and you just keep eating the same vanilla ice cream with different shapes but still vanilla ice (laughs) (laughs) cream.
2: That's great. I like the attachment to food. I like the reference to to food that we made in the last one. I think it's time for the A-B test, Ali. What's the A-B test? Uh, A stands for Ali, B stands for Bryce. It's a... So... (laughs) Bad idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's, huh? a
1: game game. it's the highlight of the show. <laughs> okay. People we,
0: fast forward to the end just to listen to, just the, to, AV listen test. to the A-B test.
1: So what's the rule? I, I shouldn't think. I just answer immediately. That's correct.
0: correct. And we've had too many guests who tried to give a third answer or or to say
2: both. That's not allowed Okay. In A-B test rules. It's A-B test. So food or meals? Meals. Apple or both? Apple, Tesla, BMW,
1: BMW,
2: Beijing, Shanghai, Shanghai, double single,
1: double, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shanghai, Taipei, do you want to go back on that, Annie, <laughs> <laughs> you thought about it, you thought about it, Taipei, Shanghai, Taipei, uh, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, Chris or Chris,
1: Chris, <laughs> Chris or Chris, Do we need Chris?
2: uh, uh, spinning Chris, advertising Chris,
1: advertising Chris.
2: Uh, You're not, you're not (laughs) useless anymore.
0: Spinning yoga, Uh, spinning. Thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And we will put links on uh, to Annie's books, her two, two books. They're both uh, currently in Chinese only. Uh, one's available in China. Uh, the other, the other, the, both of them are available in Taiwan. We'll put links on the, on the show notes for those books if you want to uh, pick them up. I, I certainly do. I, I'm very inspired by our talk today. So thanks for being on the show, Annie. Always a pleasure spending time with you and getting a little bit soulful. Thank you. Join us next week for another exciting show. And to all our listeners, until then, have a great day.